Hi, welcome to Ignite Your Passion with me, Bonnie Lang. I'll be sharing motivational tips, inspiring stories, and interview people doing what they love. I hope this motivates you or it makes you laugh, teaches you something new, or inspires you to chase your passion. As Halloween is approaching, do you ever wonder why it is that bats are the spooky representatives of Halloween? My friend Joanne Hamilton, who cares for bats in Northern Ireland, will share with you some pretty cool and interesting things about these mysterious mammals. Hi, Joanne. Hi, how are you, Bonnie? Good. Oh my gosh, it's so nice to meet you. It's lovely to meet you too, and I love the guitars in the background. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Tell us where you're from. We well, I'm originally, oh, sorry. I'm originally from Donegal in the Republic of Ireland, but I'm now, uh, I live in a place called Derry or Londonderry to some as well, uh, that is in Northern Ireland. So it's just, just on the other side of the border, you know, so it's 20 minutes from where I'm originally from. So oh, uh, all the way from Ireland. Well, it's so exciting. So nice to meet you. And I'm super excited, especially with Halloween coming up for us, you know, to just like talk about what your passion is, because I had no idea until I met you and started kind of doing a little research of my own, mm -hmm. didn't realize how important what you do is <laughs> for our environment. So first of all, so everybody's probably wondering, what is it? What does she do? Let me first introduce you. So you are a licensed bat carer for the Northern Ireland Bat Group. What ignited your passion for wanting to become a bat carer? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit random. Um, and hopefully everybody understands my accent too. So if I go too quick, <laughs> yes. I'll, try to, I'll try to slow myself down. I've always, I suppose, watching old horror movies and there was a big, huge bat that flopped into the room and then it would turn into either Bella Lugosi or Christopher Lee. <laughs> and it was so so intriguing and um it was just that fascination with them and then when I was about 11 well I was about nine and I remember having a conversation with my dad and going there's no bats in Ireland though and him turning around and saying yeah there was so that intrigued me more and then at about 11 I found a grounded bat and it was just amazing just to find it. And I brought it to the teacher and she took it and put it into a wee storage place. So I always kind of wondered, was it okay and things, but it was so tiny and so fluffy and so defenseless. You know, it was amazing when you think, when you think of bats, you think of everything spooky and everything, yeah. you know, them flying out of the cave over your head and all, all <laughs> the horror stories of the day and a bats are associated. But to actually see it, it was just so tiny and, and so vulnerable and it was just amazing. And that was what kind of I fell in love with then. So that's, that's incredible. So, OK, then, is it true or is it a myth that bats are blind? drink blood and that they have rabies right well it is false about them being blind their eyesight are as good as ours and their eyesight is as good as ours during the night so that's why they use the equilocation because they don't see very well 
at night. So that's how they get around. But um, if you were looking at one, and I've had plenty, and I know they're looking back at me. So yeah, that's false. Um, they have very good eyesight. Uh, with the bats that drink blood, there's only three species, and they're all in Central to South America. And three species are all vampire bats. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So you have, if I can just find the names, because there's one I keep forgetting. So we've got the common vampire bat with the white winged and the hairy legged. <laughs> so that's the three different species. And they would generally, they don't mainly go for people. It would be large mammals would be the common. And then the white winged and the hairy legged tend to go for chickens and birds. Oh, so um, by uh, mistake, they kind of tend to go for, for people, but they don't, you know, just target <laughs> target people you know yeah but in that case like if you did find it would just be a wee nick and they only drink about a, a tablespoon of uh blood so it's not a lot either uh, but yeah, yeah you're you're definitely should get go go to your doctor anyway and get that checked out if that's the case as well um bats generally generally there's about um you wouldn't know if they had rabies they generally don't but there's about 6% if it's taken to the laboratory that come back with rabies. They have a form called, um, there's two strains. There's the EBLV1 and the EBLV2, that's Lissa virus. So they're a form, but it's not very few. And there's some species might be higher risk than others. Generally, generally, well, we would say anyway, as you know, if you're handling any wild animal, it's just to, to handle with care, with gloves and if we work with bats, we have to be completely vaccinated as well too. And then we get a, a booster then every uh, three to five years as well too. So ju just, you know, to keep yourself safe as well too. But, you know, if there was, if you did happen to get a bite or a scratch, you would definitely say to go to the, um, to the, the doctors about it. Yes. You know, but generally you have nothing to worry about at the same time. You know, it's not, it's, it's, the same as any animal just okay gotcha well thank you that's awesome information this is what i had no idea because i'm only associating bats with you know halloween and, and like you said spooky things so how important are bats to our environment bats are incredibly important to our environment and um i was reading that you had looked up for and what the pollination because a lot of people don't believe you know can't believe that there are so many there's two species or not two species but you have the mega bats which are your fruit bats so they are really big pollinators um they're very good at dispersing the seeds as well of flowers and plants a lot of things that we use and we eat like mangoes bananas we'll see what else i have down um guava I gave there, there's so many other things there's an ingredient in um what is it in chewing gum that if no. snow bats or none of that species of bats there'd be no chewing gum so 
and tequila as well as another big pol- bats are another big pollinator of that as well too so. and we like our margaritas <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah but you have the bats to thank for that as well too so and not only that as well too you have the the micro bats and they're responsible for going through you like if you have one tiny bat which is about the size of your pinky and it would eat about three thousand insects a night so oh my gosh that's just one as well too so yeah they are vital to vital to our environment definitely they are a natural pesticide so um mm-hmm. if there was very less but if there was less bats as well too you would be using a lot more pesticides that would be very harmful to your environment as well um it keeps our food safer they also would kill a lot of grubs and a lot of things that would eat crops as well so that's another big thing if you think of malaria as well they would cut down malaria because they actually eat the mosquitoes that would carry that too so when you think of of everything that they do you know it's it's amazing and I'm still learning about this myself as well too so yeah that's incredible can I ask you what is the buzzing sound that could be the French movie (laughs) oh your refrigerator it could be. It could oh, be. I was be. just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really even sure. <laughs> it sounds like a like it sounds like a doorbell. Like I remember growing up, the door we had a doorbell, and it sounded like that. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> is it true that some species of bats are threatened with extinction? Yeah, there's over two hundred species. Because a lot of people wouldn't know this. I've heard so many people call them mice with wings because they're so small and, and furry as well. You know, a lot of people would think they look like that, but they're not related to rodents. Um, rodents would tend to eat a lot of scraps and things. And they have, like, if you think of a mouse or a rat, they have 12 babies every 20 days. A bat will only have one baby if it survives a year. Oh, Maybe. wow. I saw some pictures on your page on your Facebook page, because I see you post some from the organization from the Northern Ireland Bat Group. And they're just, they do, they look so sweet, the little bats. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is fascinating. It's it's funny even, you know, with people that, that call us as well to you and find them. And first, you know, they, they would have been frightened by it. And then to actually see one, you know, it changes their perception of what they think of bats you know mm-hmm. once find one as well too because there is there's so much misconception with bats as well too so i think that's that's part of what we hope to do as well is to clarify that and to get rid of the myths and yes you know, i so. totally look at them differently and we'll yes appreciate them we have we do have them in our area too we even have places where you can go and you, there's like they're in caves where you can kind of like watch them as they come out at night. So we definitely need to put that on our books. I've been wanting to do it for years and we haven't. So now I've got to do it. <laughs> oh, definitely. So tell us, what is your daily routine as a bat carer? Well, at the moment, I only have one bat, but it would depend how many bats you have as well too, because generally my 
daily routine would be to check on him, prepare his food so he would eat mealworms. And that wouldn't be natural to them as well. So sometimes when you get a bat, you have to hand feed them. But this guy, he's no problem eating, so don't have to worry about that. With a small pup, which is only about the size of your pinky, they would go through maybe 20 mealworms a day. So you would have to prepare them. Some people feed them live, but... I have heard where the mealworms wouldn't, the heads wouldn't be good. So I would just cut the heads off, which takes longer time. So yeah, that's, that's as much as I love it. There's parts of the job you don't like. Yeah, that's why I don't know about what it's Yeah, it's not pleasant, but you know, you grit your teeth and, and you do it, you know, and you know that the bat's getting fed and if he needs medication as well in the evenings then I would um, put him into a wee flight tent and have a wee look at him to see how he's moving how his wings are because he has an injured wing so I have to kind of check to see if the blood's flowing through it oh he has well. an injured wing he has an injured wing so he has um, a tear at the moment a tear will heal but if it's a break with the wing unfortunately that won't and can cause some serious pain so if we get a bat with a break it generally has to go to the vet and be euthanized so that's that's a very sad thing as well so it depends on the bat it depends on what its needs are are as well it depends on how many bats you have as well too so if you had five small bats and they're going, one's going through 20 a day, you're preparing those mealworms. You know, you're checking on, like, where it was found. You're looking at the injuries that may have been caused. If it's a cat attack, then you would, that would immediately have to go to a vet as well to, to be checked and given an antibiotic as well too, because unfortunately, a lot of the time with cats, they can get septicemia and get an infection and, and die within three days. So oh, yeah. cats cats and bats, it's an absolute nightmare. And it's heart, heartbreaking as well too. Oh, yes. Well, do so, you get attached to them? Like as you're caring for them, how long do you normally care for when? It depends. Like sometimes it can be easy releases. The wee boy I have now, he, I have him now over three months. Now I got him at the end of June. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, and he was meant to be a, a ha- like an easy, easy wee boy. I was meant to get him released. Yes. But he's been anything but. He's as awkward. <laughs> so, oh. but yeah, he's, his problems, he's never been able to really fly. He just kind of sits in the corner and stretches the wing. And yeah. so kind of taken on that. And I've only recently become a carer. So I kind of work under um, a fantastic woman, actually. Um, I'll have to give a shout out to Karen Healy. Uh, she's chairperson at the moment but she will be stepping down she's a part of the northern irish bat group as well too so she's been i've been working under her so anything that i have been doing during the training has been you know what i'd be asking her for advice and things so do you care for them like in your home are they is he in your home he's in my home he's in my my sitting room at the moment (laughs) oh he's where he's in my sitting room Oh, so, well, I yeah. wish we could see him, but we can't see that him on the camera, can we? We're not allowed. Yeah. To. <laughs> oh, so, so precious. Yeah. Uh, no, he's gorgeous. But yeah, no, I just have him in my sitting room. So it's just, you know, depending on how many bats you're willing to take on, the space and things like that that you have, you know, and then 
also as well in the area where you can put them out to play as well too so I have had them play about my sitting room as well too oh <laughs> my does um do you have to know like different types of that you definitely you definitely learn I've got this wee chart which is from the British I can't even think of the name now. No, Bat Conservation Trust. So they'd be based, where is it? They'd be based in England, but we would be a kind of part of an umbrella group, or group as well too. You know, we would work with their guidelines. So we have this. So you can a diagram and you can visit this. You can see this diagram. I'll send you the link in the show notes. So that's that's just some of the charts. So that helps you kind of identify some of the species. We have nine in Northern Ireland. In the Republic of Ireland, there's 10 species. In the UK, altogether, there's 17 species. So that's all 17 species. So I think for a long time, it was very hard to decipher what species was what, you know. Yeah, I, I think for a long time, doesn't matter what it was, it was a pip to me, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you do. As you get on, you, you work more with them, you become more familiar with the different species and what to look look out for and things like that, you know, and different kind of wee things that, that stand out with each species as well, too. We have one called the Dobbins and Bat bat and he would be a water bat or known as a water bat and they fly on really low surfaces just above the surface of still water mm-hmm. and that's how you catch catch the bats with their claw with their feet so they have really big feet so that would be one kind of thing that we would look for if we thought it was a dobbinton so we'd be looking for the feet you know so you're also looking at size and, and colouring and, and things like that as well. So with each species too. So that helps. And we're very good at getting our charts out and kind of contacting each other to see, look, what do you think this one is? You know, so <laughs> we've had plenty of those too as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You're, you're always learning. This is so interesting. Well, how, did, how long did it take for you to become trained to start taking care of that? I think well, you mentioned that you were an ambulance driver. So can you tell us what that is too? I will indeed. Yeah. Well, a bad ambulance driver is basically you're trained up and it's basically you're taking calls a lot of the time. But in your area, because Northern Irish Bat Group, we basically, you know, there's people in different areas. So if we get one, say, in Derry, that will go to me or it will go to Karen, you know, and we would ring them and we would ask them about the bat to describe it. Like, you know, is it, is it large? Is it small? Is it young? Depending mm-hmm. on the type of year as well, too, because in summer you would get a lot of pups as well, too. So you're trying to identify, you know, where did they find it? Was it um, a cat attack? You know, has it any injuries? Has it any wounds and things like that? So you're getting an idea of... Um, the state of the bat you know it could be that it's just dehydrated so what we would say and what we would advise as well to if anyone finds a bat we would say to get a little box and make sure that it has holes in it but I would definitely say about getting small holes rather than big ones because they're great at trying to escape (laughs) it's amazing what they can try and get out of so um, okay I'll say that (laughs) So if so, somebody finds them, then they can just put them in a small box, but put tiny holes in it because exactly. they are escape artists. <laughs> exactly. Um, and they're very good at it too. But um, to line, line it up with um, paper towels and then 
get a smaller volcano and seeing if I have one handy. Just a wee bottle, like a wee milk lid, like so something like that. And just okay. fill it with some, like some water. Okay, um, a little lid from something for water. Okay. Yeah, and then maybe a wee tea towel, wee tea towel or something like a cloth or something just so that it can hide in. Yeah, and always make sure that you use gloves or a tea towel when handling. We would never suggest to use it with your bare hands. You know, they're going to be more frightened than you are, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, I've, I've definitely had a few calls where, where people were terrified, you know, and, and I've, I've sat and I've talked talk to them through it and you know it's it's amazing as well to you know to see how excited they are as well to actually see one too and, and can they bite you is it I mean um, is it possible they can bite you or normally not no, I think I think the way that um I've I've been working with them now for about five five years and I've only been bitten once and I was fully gloved and vaccinated. So they can bite, but I would say that about anything. Like yeah. anything can bite you. And when you think of when you think of it being so small, if you were so small and you seen this massive thing thing coming towards you and it was making noise, but you couldn't understand it and you didn't know if it was going to eat you. Yes. Or, <laughs> and, <laughs> what would your reaction be? That's so, it. yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think when you see it like that way, it's kind of understandable. But no, um, generally they are very intelligent. They're very just. I just find them amazing. Like I can't, I can't say it enough. Yeah. Well, that's really awesome that you're like chasing your passion, like doing this. This is volunteer work that you do. Is that correct? Yeah, um, yeah, it is. It is definitely, and it, it's amazing as well too because I can say from my group and there's so many different groups out there that that do the same thing and they are amazing the dedication the passion the patience you know what people will do to, to try and help a species which is you know really needs our help and really needs protection as well I think when when you're around you get so much support from each other it's amazing as well too to see that you know because yeah. um just definitely like I have to say that everyone in the group are just so hard working and so determined to help as many as they can you know so it's it's great it's very it's a very positive thing I have to say and yeah it's, I can it's see. definitely something I've always wanted to do so I never thought I'd get as far as <laughs> as uh, care so still still learning as well just um I just found out two weeks ago so yeah. How long did it take you like to train to get to this point? Like um, I, five years? Basically, it's well, I was uh I'm trying to think now. I was an ambulance driver. So basically what what an ambulance driver is is you take calls and you can like if there's a really bad injury, what you would do is you would go and you would collect the bat and then you take the bat to a care. So Basically, you're looking at the injuries. You're looking. You're you're checking the sex as well too of the bat. You're checking. You're identifying the species of the bat, and then you're taking it to someone who will care for it if it needs more care as well too. If it needs to go to a vet, then it would be sent to the vets as well too for whatever reason too. But generally, it would go straight to a care if needed. And if not, then we can advise you and talk you through or come. And 
release the bat as well too. So we would always say once you get it in a box and you put it into a quiet room or where there's no no cats or no interruptions or anything like that, you know. Yeah. Um about an hour after sunset, then if you set the box outside up high, I don't know if it's the same over in America, but this is what we would say here, just to set the box on its side and then check on it an hour later or, or you can actually watch to see if the bat if the bat doesn't go then you would bring it in and you can contact someone can collect it for you okay and if it if it does then it's all good but we do get a lot of re- releases as well too so so if someone is interested in learning more about that conservation how can they help? I mean, where would they need to reach out? Well, there's loads, you know, I mean, even even Googling it, even exploring yourself on the internet's great for seeing what's out there. Another few places as well, too, there's Bat Cons- Conservation International. There's Bat Conservation Trust, which is based in the UK. We've got quite a few over here in Ireland as well, too. But there's there's a brilliant one as well. I thought I actually wrote that Bat World Sanctuary as well, which would be um, involved in, in the United States, too. So there are a few really good, really good groups as well, too, that can help you with any advice or if you want to reach out and, and, and ask them, you know, and you can send any of those donations, you know, even a small thing just to help people like that, you know, what what their work, what that's as well too. Or, you know, if it's something that you're interested in, definitely reach out because how I got onto it was I just asked the question. I just asked if there was any groups that, that work with bats and yeah. I am a bat care. So, you know, you don't you don't know unless, you know, if it's something if there's anybody that, that would love to do it, definitely. I oh, see definitely. that like here where I'm in Texas. So I see here we have some some uh a bat conservation uh organization yeah. in Austin. I see that, but like you said, just do a little Google search and maybe look at the larger organizations and then maybe see if they can help. You know. Yeah, and definitely there is there is one. I think there's a mid city one in, in Texas as well. That they're on my f- Facebook too. So um, yeah, def- definitely um, there there is quite a few places about you know and and definitely if it's something that that then you know yourself or anybody wanted to volunteer. Yes, why not? That's awesome. Well, do they make? I have a question because I hear your kids in the background. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's just woken up. Do they make any sounds? Do you ever hear them making any sounds? They have. Now, the echolocation is very high, so generally the human ear can't pick it up. Okay. But they do They do make chirping noises and they have social calls, which we can pick up. It's like a really high-pitched chirp is okay. the best way um, to explain it. But a lot of the time, you won't really hear them. Every so often, yeah. Well, it has been such a pleasure it's having you with funny. us. Oh, thank you very much, Bonnie. That's been lovely to meet you as well, too. It was so cool getting to talk to Joanne today. If you'd like to connect with her, you can on Facebook or via email. Just see the show notes for her contact information or to learn more. Keep an eye out for my next interview coming pretty soon. It'll help get you inspired for the holidays, especially before Thanksgiving. You'll hear how one of my guests lost 145 pounds and reversed type 2 diabetes. And she created her own program to help others. If there's a topic that you want to discuss, 
Or, if you're interested in being on my next show and you're doing what you love, I'd love to hear from you. So reach out to me. My contact info is in the show notes. Can't wait. You take care and I will talk to you soon. Peace, love, happiness, and hugs to you. And don't forget to subscribe.